Good evening, everybody. So good to see you here. It's my absolute pleasure and privilege tonight to welcome our guest speaker. Remy, would you like to come up to the stage? Can we give him a massive round of applause? <laughs> Now, Remy and his wife Annette and Sam and the rest of his family have been close, vineyard, um, close friends of Hull Vineyard for such a long time now. And we're so looking forward to hearing Remy speak tonight. Um, he is a volunteer speaker for Open Doors, which as many of you will know, because we've spoken before, um, supports the persecuted church. So Remy's going to be sharing some of those stories tonight and... I'm right in saying as well, Remy, that you and your family are not strangers to persecution either, so there'll be perhaps be a little bit about that mm -hmm. as well. But we're absolutely thrilled to have him here. As your day job, you're a consultant paediatrician or a That's children's correct. doctor, as he just said as well, so a very <laughs> busy person. But first and foremost, in whatever he's doing, mm. Remy and Annette and the family are passionate followers and disciples of Jesus Amen. and just so looking forward to hearing from him tonight. So would you like to stretch your hands out towards him? We'd just love to pray for him before he speaks. Uh, we just pray that you'd come Holy Spirit. Have your way in Remy today. I pray that you'd anoint his words, Lord. May they bring truth and freedom and conviction tonight, Lord. Mm -hmm. I pray that each and every person here tonight will be impacted mm. through what you are saying through Remy, Holy Spirit. Thank you. So just pray that you'd fill him, yes, anoint him, and may we all be blessed by this word tonight. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rachel. Really much appreciated. And thanks to John Clark, who's not here, and Josh, who uh, both have organized this have to do this to see you guys. Hello, everybody. Okay, let me try you with one of my stuff I do always. Uh, Christmas quiz, are you ready? How many wise men were there in the story? Shout. Three, anybody else? Hmm? We don't know? Okay, that's the correct answer, we don't know. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 2, wise men came from east. It does give you the number. Tells you about three gifts. The reason I'm telling you this is that Christmas is around the corner, that the great way of having people to read Matthew chapter 2, including non-Christians. I had one nurse, uh, non-Christian. Um, I walked in the corridor. Remy, Remy, I've been telling them Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to go, yes, non-Christian preaching people read Matthew chapter 2. But not, that's not why I'm here. I love evangelism. I love telling people about Jesus. And you devise lots of tricks how to get people engaged, how to engage people into conversations. But I'm here to tell you about Open Doors of the Persecuted Church, which is one of my passions. And the Lord has given me that passion for our persecuted church. I discovered that they're my family. And uh, I've been learning more and more and uh, to the point where I became a volunteer speaker about um, about six years ago, 2016. And I go to churches, to congregations to raise awareness. I'm here to raise awareness and to challenge you as well, to encourage you, to edify you awfully, but to get you involved in some shape or form with your persecuted family. So the first thing I'm gonna do, we're gonna watch a video, four minute video, and then I will go through a couple of sl slides. And then after that, we'll see how we can encourage you. Please. 
There are countries where Christians live in fear, where churches are bombed and houses burned, where following Jesus means sacrificing jobs, security, family. There are countries where you must keep your faith secret or it might get you killed. These are the countries of the Open Doors World Watch List. And here are the 10 countries where following Jesus costs the most. Number 10, India. Many extremists claim that to be Indian is to be Hindu. They want an India without religious minorities and they are using violence to achieve it. Number nine, Iran. Iranian Christians must meet secretly. Being discovered could mean long sentences in appalling prisons. Number eight, Pakistan. Christians in Pakistan are considered second-class citizens. Innocent believers are falsely accused of blasphemy. Thousands of women are victims of kidnap and forced conversion. Number seven, Nigeria. Nigeria is the country where Christians face the most outright violence. Many Christians have been killed or driven from their homes. Number six, Eritrea. More than 1,000 Christians are imprisoned for their faith in Eritrea. Some pastors have been locked up for over a decade without charge. Number five, Yemen. Yemeni culture is tribal. Those who leave the tribal faith could be banished or even killed. Number four, Libya. In this lawless land, Libyan Christians have to keep their faith secret or risk punishment, arrest or death. Number three, Somalia. Islamist extremists consider Somali Christians high value targets. So the tiny population of only a few hundred secret believers keep out of sight. Number two, North Korea. There are around 400,000 Christians in North Korea. All of them must hide their faith. Discovery means exile, execution, or being worked to death in horrific labor camps. Number one, Afghanistan. The Taliban takeover means that Afghanistan is the new number one, the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. Many Christians have become refugees. Those who remain must keep their faith utterly secret. There are countries where Christians live in fear, but fear can lead to courage and courage leads to hope. At least 360 million Christians around the world experience high levels of persecution and discrimination, but they have not given up. And for over 65 years, Open Doors has stood with them. Where Christians are persecuted, our global underground networks supply smuggled Bibles and Christian books, spiritual care, emergency food and aid, training and legal advice. Where Christians are free, we work with local churches to raise our voices in prayer, to speak truth to those in power, to strengthen our persecuted family around the world. Because there are countries where Christians have to stay silent, and there are countries where Christians can make a noise. But we are all connected. We are all family, and together we can help one another to follow Jesus, no matter the cost.
Thank you. So that gives you a snapshot of what Open Doors is. An organization started 65 years ago by Brother Andrew, who sadly passed away uh, last month, about three and a half weeks ago, uh, aged um, 94. And he was a young man when he started, and um, he just heard about a meeting in, uh, behind the uh, uh, Iron Curtain in the communist uh, East European country, and he decided to go. And when he arrived there, on a Sunday, he wanted to go to church. The secret police took him to an official church in Israel. He looked at his church and said, no, something is not quite right. In the afternoon, he disappeared and then went to find a real church. He discovered that there was one Bible and people were clinging to that one Bible. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. You need to strengthen what remains. And since that day, he smuggled Bibles and he had the courage and the faith to walk through barriers full of soldiers with Bibles everywhere, the forbidden book, and he will pray, God, you are the maker, the creator of seeing eyes. I'm asking you, please, blind the seeing eyes now. And he will have Bibles everywhere in his VW Beetle, and uh, they will look everywhere, looking for Bibles and forbidden books, and they will not find any. It's full of books everywhere, but they, don't, they didn't find it. And he did it time and again. Um, to strengthen the church in the persecuted, uh, the family that is persecuted. So can we go through the, um, the slide show and then I will talk to my slides. So as we saw, 360 million Christians are being persecuted. Now, understand this. This, this number includes only those who are experiencing horrible, extreme persecution, so high level of persecution. Those who are experiencing low level are not included here. Next slide, please. And that's one in seven Christians globally. That's a huge number. So there are about 14, nearly 15% of Christians globally. But when you go to specific regions, uh, then that percentage goes up. Next slide, please. So in Africa, for example, 20%, one in five, that 20% of Christians uh, in the entire Africa experiencing high level of persecution. Next slide. In some parts of Asia, that number is higher. 40% of Christians are experiencing high level of persecution. So they're losing their homes, they're being killed, in prison without any charges, kept in prison, locked up for many, many months, sometimes years, and with no hope from a human point of view. Next slide, please. So open doors every year, with lot, a network of uh, ground workers, collects information and compiles a list of the top 50 countries where persecution is fierce. And every January, around about the third week, there is a launch in parliament. So that's your, your first um, assignment. Comes about November, December, to early December, if you go on to Open Doors website, www.opendoorsuk.org, there will be a page that asks Christians to write to the MPs, asking the MPs to attend the launch. Because if our MPs, the people who are power deciders, are aware of the persecution, then when they decide about trade deals, they can put pressure on certain countries so that they can uh, they can ease off persecution. For example, India is a strong partner, a Commonwealth country, strong partner of the UK. 
We need the government in the UK to put pressure on India to stop persecution. Next slide. So that's the world map of World Watch Map, map is called it. I've got a few copies outside. I've got a table there with lots of resources. Pick a map if you want to. Put it in your bathroom, wherever you want to put it, as a reminder to pray. Next slide, please. What is important when you talk to persecuted Christians, when we think of them in the West, we feel sorry about them. But if you get a chance to talk to them personally, you'll be surprised. Actually, you will be shocked. Because if you ask them, what do you want me to pray for? You would expect they would say, pray that I will be released from prison. Yeah? That's legitimate. But they will, they will, rarely they will ask you to pray for release from prison. They will ask you to pray that God will give them strength to endure, grace to endure, because they have discovered that through persecution, there are benefits. And persecution actually part of the Christian life. A normal Christian life includes persecution. Next slide, please. And they know that persecution will refine faith. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Next slide. And through persecution, they encounter Jesus. I don't know if any of you knows about, or some of you may know about, uh, Brother Yun, the, the uh, heavenly man who was in prison in China uh, as a Christian, miserable and mocked by the guard until he heard Jesus calling him, Brother Yun. He turned around. The minute he realized that Jesus was part of the persecution, Jesus was there, he changed everything. He started worshiping. They thought he was gone mad. And he had the legs broken, but one day the prison gate flung open. He walked, despite the broken legs, he walked out of that prison because he discovered that Jesus was there. Next slide, please. So what can we do as Christians in the West, relatively free? Next slide, please. The Lord is asking us that verse in Ezekiel, yeah? God is looking for who's going to stand in the gap, who's going to pray, who's going to take action for his people. Next slide, please. And there are a couple of ways that you can do it. I start from there. That's something that all of us can do. Brother Andrew, the founder of Open Door, said, prayer can go where we cannot go. In the palace of the king, the presidential palace, wherever, in the communist, North Korean communist leaders' home or the council, prayer can go there and influence what's going on there. We cannot go there, but prayer can go there. What, how can you pray? You can start a prayer group for the persecuted church once a week, once a month, once every quarter. Or you can join a webinar or a Zoom prayer meeting. There are Zoom prayer meetings even in town. Where I lead one of them. Or you can start your own, or you can join a national one. There are lots of people praying for the persecuted family. You can sign up for the prayer diary, uh, which is distributed every two months. It's like this. Where is it? So open those prayer diary. You can receive it through the post, or you can receive it uh, through an email um, or through social media, and you can you get a, a prayer item every day, and you can pray alone, pray in a group, pray as a small group or as a church. So that's prayer, and there are lots of resources. Next month, the World Cup football is starting in Qatar, 
And if you go on to Open Doors website, there are resources there where you can. I've got a copy, I think, outside. You can pray specific countries that are on the list and whose team will be playing there. So it's an opportunity to pray for specific countries. And next month when the World Cup football will start. And you can follow the football while praying for the persecuted family at the same time. And Qatar itself is in, uh, on the list. You can act as advocacy, take advocacy actions. Every now and again, there are petitions. They are open doors as Christians to sign uh, petitions. If you're connected, if you receive, um, uh, you're on a mailing list, you'll receive emails at a certain time for petition. As a Christian, I feel it's important for us to, to support petitions uh, regarding persecuted family. You can volunteer like me. Anybody can be a volunteer. Uh, this training is available, volunteer speaker or volunteer working for open doors. And you can fundraise, there are lots of ways of fundraising, or you can give um, one-off or a regular gift for open doors. I think that's it. Next slide. Yeah, stay in touch. Go online for that. So, how can you respond to that? What can you learn from our persecuted family? I'll tell you a story, and I will end that, give you the end of the story at the end. A group of Christians gathered to pray in a basement because it was dangerous to gather openly. They're hidden in the basement. They're about to start a prayer meeting. Suddenly, they hear a bang on the door. A group of soldiers armed burst into the place, and they threatened them. And they ask them, they tell them, get out of this place. Anybody who wants to save their lives, get out now. Whoever stays will be killed mercilessly. And by the look on their face, they meant business. So a number of people start leaving. They didn't even look at those staying behind. They just walked out of the room. So I will leave the story there. I will tell you how it ends. So stay awake, stay with me. You will hear the end of the story. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Romans chapter 5, 3 to 5. I'm using the NIV. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. We glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we glory in our suffering, and the suffering, the end result is hope, and hope does not disappoint. James 1 to four, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish work that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's amazing. And let me finish with 1 Peter 1, 6, and 7. 1 Peter 1, 6, and 7. In all this, 
you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of great worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Wow. So, our brothers and sisters are teaching us something. They understand that persecution gets you closer to God. Persecution proves the genuineness of your faith. Persecution is of great value. The Bible said you have to consider pure joy when you're going through trials. Let me tell you something. It is not easy when you're going through persecution. When at times heaven seems silent, and Annette and our family went through such a thing about 20 years ago. 10th of September 2002, I am lying on a bed. My family has been evacuated. We are in the Northeastern Democratic Republic of Congo Mission Hospital. The hospital has been attacked by the rebels and uh, the militiamen, and uh, killing is going on. Looting is going on. I am on the bed. I'm praying. I am a Christian. Lord, I know you are real. I know you care. I know you're powerful. I know you can stop this right now. Innocent people are being killed. Lord, do something. And I prayed with faith because I know my God and nothing happened. So when heaven is silence, it is not easy. It is horrible in that moment. Because then you, you start questioning yourself, did I pray well? Did I pray right? Is God really listening to me? Am I a real Christian? Has God abandoned me? Did I sin? Why God is not doing nothing now? So when heaven is silent, when you're going through trial, through persecution, believe you me, it is horrible. Fast forward 20 years, we can look back, ask Annette, ask some of our son, we can look back and we can tell you certainly he was in there. Certainly he knew everything. Certainly Jesus was on the throne there and he's on the throne today. He knew everything, he had everything under control. We still don't have answer to every details, every question, but there's no shadow of doubt in our mind that God was in control there and then. And that's what we see with our persecuted uh, families. In Eritrea, young people, young pastors will tell you, it's not about if, but when, they will discover that I am a Christian and they will arrest me. So I am prepared to go to prison to suffer for Jesus, but I'm not going to deny Jesus. And they they make an offer to all of them, say, look, Deny Jesus. Just say you're no longer a Christian. Say Allah is God. And re, 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 just recite the creed, the, the Islamic creed. And you'll be fine. You'll be released. You will get your job back. You'll get your wife back. You'll get your money back, your house back. And our friends, our family, persecuted family will say, no. The worth of Christ compared to what you're proposing to me I cannot deny Christ. He's far, far worth than anything, any money, any gold, anything that you're proposing. Even if you multiply what you're proposing by one billion, still Christ 
outweigh what you're proposing, and they don't deny Christ, which is amazing, and that's the challenge for us. Recently, we're talking uh, in our small group, we're studying on suffering, and uh, someone got very offended that God will allow suffering. And we were trying to look in the Bible, what does the Bible tell us about suffering? Jesus said, in this world, you you will have trouble. So himself went through trouble. And uh, the Bible is full of verses. When you go, even from the Old Testament, all the heroes of faith, they went through some sort of trial, some of them horrible trials for many, many years. And our friend took offense. A Christian took offense that suffering was part of Christian life. So if that's your case, think again, read your Bible again. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Some will have this level of trouble. Some will have this level of trouble. But if you are a true Christian, at some point, you'll go through trial to refine your faith, to prove the genuineness of your faith, and to to, to let you shine for Jesus. Jesus said, you will be arrested. You'll You'll be accused, taken to court. But don't worry about what you're going to say. But God, the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. And he said, that will be an opportunity for you to testify. And today, there are lots of countless Christians in Iran, in China. I can tell you stories from morning to evening where Christians have been taken um, to court and they, they were able to witness to the uh, prosecutors, to the prosecuting team or to the police officers interrogating them. And in some instances, the prosecuting authority gave their life to Jesus. There was a lady who was arrested, a, a house leader in China, and um, that fairly recently arrested because she was leading a meeting, and the, the, the secret police burst into the meeting. They arrested her, who's the leader here, said me, so into prison. And then came the day of trial, and they confused her. They thought she was a cult leader because there are lots of cults there. And when they were asking her about the cult, she took opportunity to tell them the difference between a cult and a Christianity. So she witnessed to these people openly, freely, and they listened to her because she, she had time to talk to them. So it is important for us to remember that uh, it, trials are part of Christian life. Suffering is part of Christian life. And Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 12, if you want to live a real Christian life, real, genuine Christian life, you will face persecution. Someone said once, if you do not meet the devil on your way when you're walking, it means you are walking together with him. That's powerful, isn't it? If in your Christian walk, you never meet the devil face to face, opposition, trial, temptation, suffering, persecution, if you never, never, never encounter any of those, it may mean that you're actually pleasing him, he's working alongside you, that's why you can't meet him face to face this way. You may be a Christian, but compromising, being just lukewarm, I don't want any trouble, but if you're living a proper, proper, genuine Christian life, you have to meet him at some point. But take heart, Jesus overcame the world, the Holy Spirit with you. As we, we sang, he's a faithful God, he will never, never abandon us. A pastor is going to preach in one of the countries, in Africa, halfway through, he looked up, he could see the cloud gathering, he knew for sure it's gonna rain. 
He's got a suit. He's got a huge bubble. He's no raincoat, no umbrella. And he prays, Lord, please stop the rain. I'm your servant. I'm going to preach. Walks a couple of steps, looks up. The clouds are darker. It's gonna, it's, the rain is imminent. He drops to his knees, prays, Lord, please, I'm your servant. I'm praying, stop the rain. Don't let it rain. I don't want to get wet and go preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm your servant. Stands up and there's a downpour. He's drenched. The Bible is wet. And he's disappointed with God and walked to this small church and he preached a half-hearted sermon. He's so disappointed and goes back home, locked the door and have a word with the Lord. He said, God, now I know you don't answer prayer. I'm quitting. You have disappointed me. I prayed earnestly. You didn't answer me. I am quitting. It's over. And when he finished praying, there's a knock on the door. Three young men, almost breathless. <laughs> pastor, pastor, they've got guns. Pastor, pastor, your God, your God answers prayer. He answers prayer. You've got a good God. So hang on a sec. Young man, you mistaken the house maybe. Me, my God does not answer prayers. I'm quitting. So no, no, pastor, you don't understand. Your God, he answers prayers. Okay, come on, sit down. Let's talk about this. So we were hired by the top witches in the, the village. Your prayers have been disturbing their missions, hindering the, uh, the plans. So they decided we, they need to kill you. They tried all means. It didn't work. So they hired us. They paid us. We, we ambushed you to kill you. We've got this traditional rifles with powder in. And we, we were watching you coming. We saw you dropping to your knees praying. And as you came into range, suddenly there was a downpour. All our guns wet, the powder melted. We couldn't kill you. Your God answers prayer because we saw you praying. <laughs> so that day, not only he knew that God was real, despite what the what the human eyes saw, God was working behind the scenes, and not only his life was saved by the, that famous rain he hated, but actually he had three new brothers in the church to disciple. So thank God for the rain. I don't know which rain you're going through that you're hating, what you're hating. I don't know, could be someone in your life, could be some situation at home, at work, relationships, it may, may, may just well be that it is the rain that God is going to use to improve you, to thrust you to a new level. So thank God for the rain. So get back to finish with this, the Russian story. Oh, the, 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 yeah. This group of people who burst, the soldier who bursted into the small group meeting. So they threatened Christians, get out. If you want to save your life, get out. If you want Jesus, you don't want to deny Jesus, you stay, we're going to kill you on the spot. So the majority left, and once the last person left, they locked the door, they put the guns down, and they told the rest of the Christians, guess what? We are Christians. We're going to worship the Lord with you. We just didn't want to worship the Lord with cowards in the room. So we made sure that the cowards are gone. So how strong is your faith? Are you a coward or will you have stayed, have the gut to stay and to praise the Lord? 
So Colossians, to finish off, last verse, Colossians 4, 2. Devote yourself to prayers and being watchful and thankful. So spend time in prayer. Be watchful. The days that we're living in are horrible. And suffering is present, is, real, is a reality. Um, Paul said in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, I think, 4, 17, um, that if you compare the light and momentary suffering now, compare to what is it, glory it is leading to, it's, this is lightweight. Uh, that's something that I want you to remember. If you're going through some hard times, suffering of some sort, persecution, especially because of your faith, and you've prayed, you think that heaven is silence, silent. When heaven is silent, God is not at sleep. He's not sleeping. He's working. He's moving things around. He is 100 years above you, in, in, as high as the heaven. He's, he's doing things. But because we are humans, we cannot comprehend. But he's doing things to lead us to the destiny. When Joseph was in the pit, a slave in prison, you would say, which goddess would do, do that to you? But that was important for him to get where God wants him to be. David was a fugitive for many, many years. I, I can tell you, you know, all the heroes of faith, uh, look at their lives. They went through trials, um, but they maintained faith because suffering, perseverance, all the way to hope, that strong character, faith, that led to us today calling them heroes of faith. So you and I can be heroes of faith if we choose, like them, to cling to Jesus, not to be cowards. So in a moment, I would say, I don't know, uh, uh, Rachel or someone will come. If you want us to pray for you, please make your way forward. We'll pray for anybody who needs prayer in terms of God blessing you with the Holy Spirit to develop that boldness where you can stand despite trials because all of us will go through trials and um, if you're not prepared, you will crumble. And the one thing that the persecuted family are telling us is get prepared to stand strong during the storms. So if you want prayers, uh, we'll pray for you and that God can embolden you. And after the service, Speak to me, Annette and I, at the desk there. We've got lots of resources. All of them are free. Pick a book um, or any of the resources that you can take to help you pray for the persecuted family.